Marvelicious Toys is brought to you in part by Dorkside Toys. At DorksideToys.com, you can get the latest Marvel toys, as well as Star Wars, G.I. Joe, The Walking Dead, and more. Run by toy fans, you can be assured your order will be given great attention and packed with care. Sign up to their social channels now for stock alerts, reviews, and toy and movie news. DorksideToys.com. You'd be a dork not to shop there. Welcome to Marvelicious Toys, hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more, because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. Join us at MarveliciousToys.com to find thousands of pictures of the items reviewed, chat with other listeners, find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube pages, support our Podbean crowdfunding campaign, and much more. They're not just toys, they're Marvelicious! Hello and welcome to issue 174 of Marvelicious Toys. I'm Marjorie. I am Arnie Man. And I am back. Now you've opened the portal of hell and that's never going to stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, Justin. We missed you. Cons aren't the same without you. Man, looks like you guys had way more fun than I did just sitting at home. We did have more fun than you did sitting at home. I can guarantee. I don't know what you were watching or how much you were drinking, but Daryl, Marjorie, and I had an abso-friggin' loop blast. Yes, it was Daryl's first time at New York Comic Con, and it was kind of like his prep for San Diego some year. Nice. I think I have to add New York to my my yearly thing now. I just feel like I'm being left out. <laughs> It's a party, man. Isn't that the horrible thing? The one year I skipped New York Comic Con, it was 2012. And I just sat at home and just, I felt like I was in prison. Like I was seeing all my friends at the con that I'd been at the year before having so much fun. The FOMO was crippling. I had that last year because I couldn't go because of surgery. Ah, See, yeah. I, I that's my fear, I guess, is if I go one year, then it's like, well, I'm all in now. I'm not going to not going to not go now. You're a completist. <laughs> so from home, what did you think? I mean, a lot of new reveals. Hot Toys was there. Kodo with all of their stuff. And of course, Mezco with their 12 112s. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, it wasn't all fun and games for you guys. You guys did a lot of legwork, and you got a lot of good stuff done. So I didn't feel too left behind. I got to follow along as it was happening. So, But, yeah, there's, man, talk about a lot of good stuff coming out. It almost feels like New York Comic Con is starting to encroach on San Diego as far as, you know, reveals in some areas. It's getting there. It's certainly not as big. No, and the floor isn't as big. It's just, it's it's a different vibe, too, I think, than San Diego. Something about it, it's just, it seems more like a, almost like a giant wizard world with a lot of the celebrity focus there because they do get some big stars like the Doctor Who people and the Walking Dead. They're huge Walking Dead if you're into that show. It is weird because the exhibit floor isn't as big. The panels don't have the big name stars like the Avengers. I mean, they did the year I skipped, of course. Chris Evans was there, but... It's okay. I took care of it. Yeah. (laughs) 
their artist alley is second to none, but it's so far off. They have huge attendance numbers, over 180,000 tickets sold this year, and yet that's more than San Diego. I'm still not seeing where the focus is. Yes, more companies are there, but I mean, you've seen Sideshow's booth at San Diego. Their New York Comic Con booth would have fit in just their back space, you know, that little office with the doors that they go in? Yeah. In the center of their arena. That's the size of their New York Comic Con booth. Wow. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not there yet, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, I, I use the word encroaching, which means, you know, they're they're slowly starting to become more of a player in the at least in the sense of reveals in the type of stuff that we like to cover. And at least that's the way it felt from home watching this. Like, wow, I, I didn't think that, you know, Hasbro would show that much. And I didn't think that Mezco would show that much. But I guess looking back on that coverage, uh, I got to say, Hasbro is their their game is on point right now. Everything they showed made me just a little bit more antsy about more waves coming out. And yet they didn't show all that much. We got to see Sandman, and we got to see the awesome old man Logan figure and a couple others. Not quite sure when or where some of them will show up. True. But, you know, we we got to fill out that upcoming Spider-Man wave and see what that's all about. And, you know, for the guy who complains about constantly getting Spider-Man, this wave looks pretty solid coming up. <laughs> But no, I mean, Death's Head 2, come on. Where where are they pulling that from? I really had to text you to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was standing around going, what figure is this? Does anybody know? Come on, what figure is it? <laughs> and you know what? Even the Hasbro brand team, I don't know if it's just me, but doesn't it seem like the shackles have been maybe not taken off, but at least loosened a little bit? Don't they seem a little bit more upfront and willing to talk about things that they might not have been a year or two ago? Yeah, I think you're right in that regard, and they're cool people all around. I do think there's a measure of comfort that comes with success. I mean, keep in mind, initially, when we first started working with Hasbro in the Marvel side, it was all David Vonner, and Dwight was there, but there was the regime change, and things were a little nervous, and they had a couple rebuilding years as they transitioned from three and three quarter to six inch and see how it goes, but right now... I think that they're just having such amazing success on every level. I mean, I, of course, collect Star Wars and cover it at Star Wars Action News. And I look at some of the troubles there. Lack of character selection. Legends doesn't have that. Distribution problems. Legends doesn't have that. <laughs> Legends aren't selling as much as Black Series 6-inch figures, which were the number one boy's toy last year. But you got to think that there's a little strut in the walk of the Marvel brand team at Hasbro. Oh, sure. And, you know, I could see them taking a page from the Marvel team over on the Star Wars side and maybe start to turn that Black Series into more of a Marvel Legends type of thing where they're not always trying to hit with just movie characters when a movie's coming out. Maybe mix it up a little bit more than they have. You know, make that line more expansive and i know they can only do so many characters a year and they do go back and do some of the ot stuff but they they should maybe look at the way they they wave out the marvel stuff and maybe broaden that just a little bit more i agree i was thinking about that because it really hit me in the interview where they go all of our legends 
are tied to a movie. And because we get so many ways of legends and we aren't getting that many movies, I mean, yes, we got a good number of movies if you count X-Men and everything else, but it is like three waves of legends for every movie now. And since they're tying it so closely to the movie, they're able to dig into that rich Marvel history that goes back, God, 75 years or more, depending on how you want to count it, and pull some really obscure characters out from time to time. Whereas with Star Wars, the movies they're doing now focus on almost entirely new characters. So it would be harder for them to reach into the archives and say, hey, you know what makes perfect sense for Rogue One is for us to also do Greedo. (laughs) Very true. Very true. But it was a good con. It was no San Diego, so I'll try to put your FOMO at ease. (laughs) The one thing I feel like I did miss out on was your conversation with John Tyler Christopher. What a guy. I mean, he's just a dude's dude, isn't he? He is awesome. He was so friendly to absolutely everyone. And to us, it took us a long time to just get that interview to happen because he was at Marvel's beck and call and just... He did it, you know, every so often I'm like, is he Hollywooding us? Like, (laughs) come on back. I'll do it. I'll do it. But come on back. We'll do it later. You know, that's what I call Hollywooding. The uh, we'll do lunch kind of thing. (laughs) Have your people call my people. We'll get it going. Yeah, exactly. And so I did wonder for a little bit of we were being Hollywood. And he's like, come on, sit down. Let's do this. And he's a great guy. I love his art. And. Thank you to everyone who sent positive feedback. I think people really enjoyed that interview. I was like, am I going too comic booky? It is action figures, but no. And the fact that he does the Marvel Legends art, I didn't even know that until I started talking to him. Not on air. I knew it before we went to record, but. <laughs> no, I mean, that was great. I mean, it was a great interview all the way around. But the thing that he said that really stuck with me and really, really hit me where I live is that he's making the artwork, especially on the Star Wars ones based on what he felt those action figures look like to his five-year-old self. And that's just, that's what art is all about and what collecting is all about. That's awesome. Yeah, it, he goes to C2E2 from time to time. He's actually a Midwest guy, so maybe you'll get a chance to meet him. I look forward to the opportunity. Speaking of comics, I think we have to just mention this episode that... A marvelicious perfect storm appears to have occurred. <laughs> Did you guys have anything to do with this? Because this seems like this would be the brainchild of you two. <laughs> Not intentionally. Well, here's what I find very interesting. Stuart Moore, who is a Marvel Comics writer, who we interviewed on this show way back in the day when they started their hardcover fiction novels and they turned Civil War into a prose novel, and he wrote it, and he came on this show and talked to us. Yeah, I remember that. So, and a writer who's been on this show has taken Justin's favorite character and my favorite character and literally merged them into one. <laughs> Duckpool. Uh, that's so awesome. I think we have to get matching tattoos now. <laughs> um, I'm out. I'm Wait, out. half of the internet already thinks Marjorie and I are married, so I don't know if we need the other half thinking you and I are married. <laughs> yeah, I'm not cleaning up your crap this year, Justin, <laughs> just so you know. 
Oh. Wait, they just think I get around then. Man. <laughs> Maybe not matching, but, you know, complimentary, if you will. I actually think they're calling it Deadpool the Duck versus right. Howard the Duck. But still, it's... And Marjorie, it brings your love of little, like, pet Avengers into it. Because there's a cover of him hanging out with Rocket Raccoon. Oh, Rocket. Oh. Can we talk about Rocket now, please? Yeah, it has been a big week for Marvel movies. Oh, I thought you were going to say for Marjorie, because it has been a big week for me. Justin, did you see the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer? Oh, yeah. It teased me up good. (laughs) (laughs) It got me just the right amount of excited for a movie that's not going to be out for another, what, seven months? Did it tickle your fancy? It tickled me in a couple places. I don't know about my fancy, but yeah, I I was giggling a bit. The cockles of your heart. Or the region. <laughs> but I think we really need to talk about Baby Groot and his leather jacket. <laughs> How many... Oh, am I going to buy what? Collectibles do you think are going on right now? Obviously the life-sized one, perhaps one that rests on your shoulder. Yes. Hot Toys will be doing at least one. Yes. I, maybe quarter scale. Yes. Maybe life-size. Yeah. Plush. Sideshow premium format. What what a brilliant move on whoever decided to make Groot cute in this movie. I mean, Groot was awesome in the last movie, but cute wasn't one of those things. You know, he was lovable, but he wasn't cute. Now they're bringing him back, and he's adorable. He was kind of cute. I mean, remember his big smile after he beat up all those guys? Yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is he was lovable and all that, but, like, what they've done now is they've they've taken him over the top. He is he is absolutely adorable in every sense of the word. He's got big old eyes. He's got the mannerisms. I mean, even though we've only seen just a little tiny clip, he's got the mannerisms of like a two-year-old. I don't know. I kind of thought he looked like an eight-year-old the way he's standing there with a little bit of attitude. <laughs> well, two-year-olds can have that attitude as well. I Yeah, you know more about that age thing than I do. But no, it is a good trailer. I'm. Do you need a hug? I'm a little nervous. I'm always nervous when you have a great movie and then there comes a sequel. But in James Gunn, I trust other than Super. That's what I was going to say, though. You know, it's basically the same team given the same task. Hopefully they they aren't victims of their own success. Playing the same song. (laughs) You know, I had a conversation with Tyler, my son, about this the other day. He was he was a little bit upset that they didn't introduce something from the new soundtrack there. But I pointed out. With this movie being so far out, I don't want to start getting sick of a song before the movie comes out. This is too soon to introduce a new one yet. So I think, you know, when we get our first actual trailer is when they can start introducing music from that second volume of the cassette. True. This is just a tease. So we'll have to see. But I think that all three of us got a little bit excited for that. And then the very next day. Yes. The Logan trailer came out. Did you see that one, Justin? Wow. Talk about a difference in tone, right? <laughs> like Guardians <laughs> look like it's going to be a fun romp. And this one's so sad. This one's like, I might want to slip my wrist after I see this emo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was so, so the, the song, the Johnny Cash hurt his version oh, of it. So perfect. Yes. I get the feeling this might be the last time we see Patrick Stewart playing... Professor X, and I think we might see him die on screen, which is going to be kind of emotional, I think. I kind of feel like that trailer's building up to that. Yeah. Honestly, it hit me that 
when this movie comes out, we will have lived with those actors as those characters. We've lived with those characters all of our lives, but we've lived with this version of them for 17 years. Wow. That's a huge length of time, which got me thinking a couple of things. I know they're working on a new Mutants movie. I know Deadpool 2 is coming, but I think that this will be the last X-Men movie. And then in 2020, exactly 20 years after it started, comes the reboot that may tie into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep, quite possibly. That's just my throwing darts at the board and reading some tea leaves. But if this is the last one for Hugh Jackman, and man, it's post-apocalyptic. It's like Mad Logan, you know, Fury Road here. In fact, I think that they're they're taking a lot of inspiration from that. The dusty look, it's a road movie. Yeah, I mean, it's they're obviously jumping ahead in the timeline from where we've been previously. I mean, not as far as Days of Future Past or something, but this does feel, you know... 15, 20 years from any other present day movie we've seen. So apparently something has gone down that the mutants are are no longer around for the most part. Yeah, that's going to have a lot to explain. Honestly, my feeling is they have stuffed too many characters in every Wolverine film, right? I mean, you look at X-Men Origins Wolverine and it was basically a who's who of baddies with Blob, Sabretooth, Deadpool, Gambit. Yeah, Remy was there. (laughs) And then with the sequel, yes, it got better, but you still had Jean Grey. And what the hell was Viper even doing in that movie? That was ridiculous. So if this time James Mangold can take a little bit more control and say, we're going to keep this stripped down. It is going to be a solo movie with Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman. And then we're introducing a couple new characters for this story. And maybe a cameo here and there wouldn't be the end of the world to see some more beat to hell, worn down old favorites. But if they can keep this constrained, this might be able to surpass First Class is my favorite X-Men film. Ooh. Interesting. Well, it's not going to be as fun as First Class. But First Class has more than just fun. It's got a great vibe, but also the interpersonal drama between Charles and Eric in there and the betrayal at the end. I felt like it had a lot of emotional depth and a groovy vibe. So I think this one could pass it. And I'm... Scared to get my hopes that high. I'm just glad we don't have to wait as long as we have to wait for Guardians. That thing's coming out in March. Yeah. Yeah, that one's coming out sooner. That's not too terribly long. We still have to get through the long, cold winter, but not as bad. The one thing that makes me nervous is, according to the commentary for X-Men Apocalypse, Brian Singer said that the stinger at the end of Apocalypse was setting up Mr. Sinister as the villain for... Logan. So we've got Mr. Sinister in there. We know we've seen Calibos in this trailer. There's a lot of things going on. I'm cautiously optimistic that third time's the charm. for. And if this is Hugh Jackman's last one, and I have no reason to doubt him in saying that it is, again, 17 years is a long time to play a role, then I'm hoping that he is going out on nothing less than the absolute best he's ever done. I will agree with that wholeheartedly. But, man, 
I say this all the time, and I just can't mean it more. It's a great flipping time to be a Marvel fan. I mean, we're talking great movies in May, great movies in March. Let's not forget the great movie coming out in eight days. <laughs> oh, what would we be doing if we weren't looking way past things? <laughs> I got IMAX 3D tickets for Thursday night, Doctor Strange. I talked to some people online who actually went to the preview screenings. And 100% of them have said, see this in 3D. Hmm. Interesting. They've been promoting the hell out of it, though. I mean, I've seen so many different TV promotions for it that I can't even keep them up. Keep straight what they've shown me and what they haven't shown me. Yet not a lot of tie-ins. You know, I'm looking at Ant-Man and Thor The Dark World as kind of the model of how they're releasing this movie. The solo films get less of the marketing push. I haven't seen... The Taco Bell mosquito twerking with Baron Mordo. Be kind of hard to sell a, a Doctor Strange Whopper or Doctor Strange Burrito. Yeah, but they had you know Red Robin. They had the X Men Burger. Yeah, but that's X Men. Put the word Strange in front of any food, and I don't know that I want to eat it. But I would come up with something wacky. They could have the Doctor Strange Burger and be like pickles and jalapenos. The Eye of Agamotto Burger. Yeah, see, it can work. It has egg on it. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking, like, the Strange Burger would be an odd combination. That feels like something Hardee's would do, right? Like, they would put jalapenos and chocolate on a burger and call it something. <laughs> I don't see Wendy's or McDonald's being that crazy with what they put on. Hardee's, we'll see you on the astral plane. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Denny's or somebody could pick it up when you have, like, Eggs Benedict Cumberbatch or something like that. Denny's did... Fantastic Four, where you could get a Thing Burger. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this doesn't strike me as a tie-in movie. And it almost doesn't strike me as a kid movie. Like, I don't see too many kids getting jazzed up about the new Doctor Strange movie. But then again, I'm not hanging around too many kids at the time. But this feels like more a movie that's either going to really surprise me or I'm going to walk out of it going, Yes, I would agree with that. It's going to be one or the other. And it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice going into a movie like this without any lofty expectations. I'll just let it do its thing and try to entertain me. The thing I'm hearing, and Justin, we kind of discussed this this past weekend. You hopped over, you jumped the astral plane to now playing podcast, where we reviewed Sinister. Yep. Which is Scott Derrickson's film that he wrote and directed for Blumhouse, a ghost film that they said pretty much is what got Marvel's attention to give him Doctor Strange. Early word is that Doctor Strange is spooky and a little bit scary. All right. That would be a very interesting way to go. I read this, that there are so many superhero movies now that superhero movie isn't a genre. You have to have your dramatic superhero movies like Logan. Your comedic superhero movies, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Your action superhero movies, like Civil War. And this could be our horror superhero movie, which I don't think we've seen attempted since Ghost Rider. Well, right. And that's great, because that means we're at a place now where, like you said, superhero comic slash movies aren't a genre in and of themselves. That's going to start matching more what we've seen on the comic book shelves for decades, which is these different genres playing out on screen now. And I'm, I'm more than happy to welcome that in. 
But speaking of Doctor Strange, I think today is a perfect time as we prepare for the movie to look at that Hasbro wave that I just got delivered from Dorkside Toys. And when you're ordering your Legends, remember DorksideToys.com. They are shipping the Doctor Strange wave right now. I, like I said, just got mine in this week. They also have up for order, shipping within 24 hours, several of the Captain America Build the Abomination Wave that we're going to have to review on our next show. You can also just get a loose Abomination Build-A-Figure for $49.99. 12-inch Marvel Legends, the Bandai Movie Realization, Spider-Man, all of this up for order at Dorkside Toys, plus tons of Funko Pops. You know what what I'm getting more and more excited about is that NECA Deadpool that they have over at Dorkside Toys. It's one of those things where you pre-order and kind of forget about it because November seems so far off from July. But hey, we're getting real close now. So Oh, wow. I saw this thing. I must have been a production one then at New York Comic Con. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it is estimated to arrive in November and up right now at Dorkside Toys. And we thank them for their sponsorship of Marvelicious Toys. And I thank them for double boxing my case of figures. Yeah, that was a nice touch, wasn't it? It was so good to not have to worry that UPS had kicked the side in and damaged the figures. (laughs) Now, this wave, we've talked a little bit about it. It's been revealed for quite some time. We're building the Dormammu, which was last year's Comic-Con exclusive figure. Little change here, Justin? No change in the sculpt. Basically a paint change from when we got that. And I would say an upgrade. You know, if you never got that other one and this is the only one you have you can get your hands on, I feel like you're not missing out on anything. With one minor exception in that the Comic-Con one had his forearms and hands cast in a dark, translucent purple plastic that you almost can't see unless you hold it up to a light. But this one does not. The, the current Build-A-Figure is just solid plastic all the way throughout his arms. And this is a big wave of figures, a big Build-A-Figure, but we're back to like the X-Men. This is a one-per-case set, eight new figures in this wave. New-ish, you know, depending on how you look at repaints. Definitely. And right off the bat, man, I feel like I asked for different color on packaging, you know, suggested maybe yellow. Then we got that X-Men wave in yellow, and here we get this kind of orangey yellow. So, all right. Thank you, Hasbro. Can I suggest... uh, Oh, what color would I like to see now? We've already had blue and red done. We've had purple. Now we have yellow. Maybe it's time for like a... Green. A green. Yes. Very good. They did that with the uh, Walgreens uh, Submariner figure. And that that was a nice aqua bluish green. But yeah, anything to make these packages feel fresh on the shelves, I'm, I'm all for. And this yellow feels fresh still. Every time I walk through the toy aisle, you can tell that either Doc Strange stuff or X-Men is hanging out on those pegs. And I do like the packaging. There's three kinds of figures in this wave, as denoted by the little symbols at the top. Most of these figures are Doctor Strange figures, and they've got the symbol on the top that looks like the window of his Sanctum Centaurum. Oh, that's not a basketball? <laughs> <laughs> and the same symbol, all right, now I see it as a basketball, is on the tray back. Yep. <laughs> Dr. Julia Strange. This is the story of how a white man became a very good basketball player in the NBA. Then we've got a couple comic-based figures here. They did something different with that. 
we have in the past just gotten plain tops, but here they did a spot UV Marvel logo in black on black. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Black on black doesn't get enough love. I really think that it's a really neat design and it is pretty nice. And then there is one figure. They made a logo for just one figure. Iron Fist. <laughs> and he's having a good week, too. Did you see that freaking? Oh, you didn't. I, I... <laughs> Did you guys see a special trailer or something? Arnie did. Yeah, it was after we recorded at New York Comic Con. I went to the Marvel Unlimited panel. They showed us two fight scenes from Iron Fist coming up that weren't released anywhere else. Ooh. Oh, my God. Really? There's a hallway fight scene. And admittedly, I'm like, didn't we see a good hallway fight scene with Daredevil? But a woman is being abducted and Iron Fist is fighting his way through a huge amount of bad guys to try to get to her before they get her on the elevator. And it was hardcore. Oh. And then there's another fight that we saw, a separate clip, totally unrelated. It was Literally a cage match of one slight woman against two giant beefy, I think they're probably real life MMA fighter guys, and she screws them up hard. I mean, broken bones. I'm kind of worried about you. (laughs) Oh, this is looking good. You're just making me think that Hasbro needs to start putting together a wave of legends just based on the Netflix series. You know, give us a, a daredevil a cage, you know, Iron Fist, all of them. Let's do a wave of just those. I bet we see it at Toy Fair. Remember, it was only a year ago, I think it was January of this year, that Marvel sent out the press release that they are now focusing on collectibles based on the Netflix series and Deadpool. Right, and then we got all excited and it was like, oh, it's just t-shirts and mugs right now. (laughs) (laughs) But it's 18 months or so from concept to shelves for a figure. And next year, the Defenders. Can you think of a better time to release that wave than when Netflix does Defenders? Oh, yeah. I hope I hope you're listening, Hasbro. And if you're not on this already, then come on. But we get an Iron Fist today we're going to be talking about. But five-eighths of the wave is Doctor Strange. And we're going to go through in the numerical order that I've now decided isn't even really numerical. So much as here's how you put the figure together numbers. It's like... <laughs> Or which piece comes with which figure, I guess, is the only reason they really number them. Yeah, because if I were numbering the figures, I don't know that this would be my lead figure. You know, I'd always put my best foot forward. Cap would be number one in a cap wave. I think my number one figure would be what's number five here, which is our Benedict Cumberbatch Doctor Strange. But no, number one is simply Doctor Strange... But he's all milky. This is just weird. Now, this is Benedict Cumberbatch. This is just the same figure that we'll be reviewing at number five, just missing a few cloaks and things. Same sculpt. It's just supposed to be his astral version. So, Justin, does this fall into your translucent collection? I was just trying to hold him up to light to see if he does. And you know what? It's solid. Yeah, it's not. Well, it's not totally solid. If you put a flashlight behind it, it, I would say this is opaque at best. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess you can, kind of. If you put a flashlight on a figure that's regularly painted, aren't you going to see something? Kind of like if you put a flashlight in your mouth, your cheek turns orange. (laughs) That doesn't mean your cheek is translucent. 
To a degree, to a degree. This is, yeah, I mean, this isn't see-through. It's kind of cool, though. I mean, he's got that kind of opalescent paint app going on over top. But here's what confuses me about this. When I do see this wave at the store, this one is always left behind for some reason. And I bet you Hasbro themselves is a little bit confused. Because remember, probably about the time we were starting up, maybe our first year. Mm-hmm. I know where you're going. Exactly. There was a Marvel Universe variant, and maybe it's just because it was a variant, but we had a Doctor Strange and an Astral Doctor Strange. Then that that Astral Doctor Strange is, to this day, still getting buku bucks on the secondary market because it was so hard to find. Now, why is that not translating over to the six-inch, I wonder? Well, because he's packed an equal number to everything else, and I'm sorry, but I've said this on the show before. When I think of Doctor Strange, I think of bold colors and that original Ditko art. He's got a bit of a eccentric look that is lost on this. And truthfully, while I appreciate the fact that they painted this a little bit, his eyes are painted white, this necklace has got a white wash on it. I can't tell if the body does. I don't think the body has a white wash anywhere. But look at the card back. And that astral Doctor Strange looks like he's carved out of glass. And the detail is so amazing. And the color is so perfect. And I look at this, you call it opalescent. I call it slightly purple. It's very lavender. Doctor Strange in my hand here. If I was going to make a Doctor Strange bath bomb, that would be the color of him. (laughs) He, there's something kind of statuesque about it. He feels almost like a a religious relic or something with the robes and being all one color. And truthfully, you said this was Benedict Cumberbatch. It took you saying that for me to realize it because it's hard to see the detail in this face. It goes to show how much a good paint app matters to a likeness. Oh, definitely. Just keep him around for what by the time we get to number five and you'll see this exact same figure just minus the overrobe. Overrobe? Overrobe. <laughs> Now, I'm having trouble with his articulation, and I don't know, maybe when we get to figure five, but like his shoulders are really tough to move. I don't know if it's the plastic they cast him in here that's this color that makes him really stiff in every joint. Yeah, I mean, he takes a little bit of moving around to get him going, but he's got the articulation there. But they they did do a weird thing where I feel like it's a swivel bicep right up there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of odd, like it's pegged in there. But we get double-hinged elbows and the good articulation in the the wrists and the head. And you can still get some movement out of the double-hinged knees, even though there is the soft plastic underrobe there. The other thing is, he has a surprising lack of accessories compared to every other figure in this wave. He comes with the translucent Eye of Agamotto necklace and Dormammu's head, and that's it. That's about it. You're right. Wait, so, are, are, wait a second. Are we calling Dormammu's head an accessory? Yeah. I mean, it's a pack-in. Can he wear it as a purse? or? He can hold it in his hand and be like, alas, poor Dormammu. I knew him well, Horatio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so all in all, not the best figure of the wave, obviously, but I would have been a little bit more happy if it would have matched the picture on the back of the box a little bit closer. Or Ben translucent instead of pearly purple of course we haven't seen the movie yet this might be very accurate to what's happening on screen i can't wait for my pearly purple dr strange hot toy (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately we know he's not kidding (laughs) the rhino anybody 
Uh, well, we're going to have a bit of a pattern here because we've already talked about figure number five being Doctor Strange. Figure number two is Doctor Strange. What? Weird. But this <laughs> is now a more comic booky modern Doctor Strange. Wait a yes. second. That, modern comic book? Yes. Okay. Now, this is not too different from a Doctor Strange that we've already received. Is it the translucent one that came in the Eye of Agamotto set? Uh, yes. And didn't they do a painted version of that one as well in just the basic line? I'm trying to remember what li- what wave that was. Oh, yeah. In the Avengers Hulkbuster wave. Oh, so this is the third time for him. Yep. And in fact, that's the same outfit he's wearing here. The difference is here. He has the orange magic blossoms and a cape that can be taken off. <laughs> Now, I don't I don't have that other figure handy. I could not find my older Doctor Strange. He must be in a tote somewhere. But looking at pictures online, there are going to be slight differences. I'm not entirely sure this is the same head sculpt. And it's definitely different lower arms. Looking at the that previous version, he had kind of some sculpting going on, like almost as if there were some textured gloves. Mm-hmm. Here, it's just your basic... I don't know. Yeah, that's just painted on there. The gloves are just painted on here, and it's just the basic muscly arm. Yeah, but by and large, this is the same figure with a cape. Oh, definitely. That's a little disappointing there. It's, but <laughs> by the same token, carry forwards are good, and Hulkbuster was hard to find. And this is a cool cape. This is a new cape. We haven't seen this cape before with the the little pointy things coming off the back and you know popped collar up front. This one almost makes me feel like I want to repaint it into a classic Doctor Strange, like with the blue and yellow. I was just thinking how they gave us this modern Doctor Strange. They gave us this one last year. And when I think of Doctor Strange, I think of that original Ditko design. And so I was wondering why, given that Benedict Cumberbatch is wearing an outfit very similar to that, we don't have a version of that here. Yeah, I think this is a little bit of a misstep, especially since... Such a similar version was just released. It was less than a year ago that we got the Hulkbuster wave. And I think it would have served them better to go the more classic version here. But looking at this cape, it almost feels like that's in the works for some time in the future. This cape feels very much inspired by that original artwork and style. Agreed. I I really do like the cape. And I like the figure overall. If we hadn't had him less than a year ago. Yeah, but it just feels like... Too much Doctor Strange and too little of a time. But maybe it's because this is not a widely loved franchise as much as Iron Man or Avengers or even Captain America. And it's kind of a Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing. Very possibly. And I, you know what? It's Maybe the complaint isn't that this figure is here. Maybe we should have been complaining that they threw Doctor Strange into that Avengers Hulkbuster wave. Because he really was kind of the odd man out there. Didn't make too much sense for him to be in that wave. And yet it seems like Hasbro likes to tease us early for next year's movie. Like we're getting an Iron Fist in this wave and we very likely could get an Iron Fist again next year. And we've had Iron Fists recently too. Oh yes, we've had Iron Fists. (laughs) (laughs) But this Doctor Strange does come with the two orange magic effects and Dormammu's right arm. We're getting there, Dormammu. (laughs) <laughs> Before we get away from this figure, I want you to look at the the orange magic blossom and then look at the picture on the back of the box and tell me that you wouldn't rather have the one on the back of the box with the super sharp points that could take out an eye and scratch you. 
I think it's just good photography. <laughs> looks the same to me. It looks a little bit photoshopped. Those points are way more pointy. Yeah, Justin's right, because this isn't going to do anything. Whereas the ones that are on there, I would likely cut my skin open on those. <laughs> you know I'm right. I mean, those are sharp. That's the kind of plastic you go and pull it out of the package, and you've got a nasty, like, thick paper cut. Which is why perhaps they don't put that in toys. Mm-hmm. I don't see an age obvious on here. I've never actually looked to see what the... Oh, age is four and up. So, yeah, perhaps sharp things aren't the best. Yeah, they, they obviously have to tone these down a little bit, but... Yeah, I feel like we've already reviewed this figure. The only thing really new here is a cape and potentially a head. And Doctor Strange was Master of Magic, or in the two-pack Masters of Magic, the other Master of Magic with the same packaging, Brother Voodoo. I like Maestros de la Magica better. <laughs> de la Magia. It's not even Magica. Magia. The Marvel Comics Mafia? <laughs> Another figure that you didn't get... Unless you were at Comic-Con last year and got your hands on that set there. Yes, I remember reviewing Brother Voodoo. This one, though, he's in quite a different colored outfit. Yes, it is a repaint, but it's a striking difference in my mind. Well, I think there's there's some differences here. This one, for being a repaint and re-accessorized, feels pretty darn new and different from the first release because... Now, he basically has the same undersuit on. I think he even has the same paint app with the, the upside-down A going on his chest and, and the little bit of white paint going down his upper thighs. But where it really differs is in the head. His face is no longer painted. Remember the first time around he had, like, that skull painted on his face? Mm-hmm. And now is we can see his face, and he just has a little bit of a upside-down anarchy symbol going on on his forehead. So he's for peace. Yeah, he's a peaceful voodoo doctor. He's got a really great cape. I like how the back is like all tattered. And that's different from the Comic-Con version as well. Yes, this cape comes from the Hobgoblin that we just reviewed not too long ago. That's why it looks familiar. Nice tattering. Why do they raid each other's wardrobes? Because they're <laughs> besties. Hello. They live in a crazy cool apartment together. I gotta say, it works in both places. It works as a hobgoblin cape, and it, it's working here, too. This tattered bottom with the different holes and stuff. It, it really, it's really working for me. If it doesn't necessarily lay properly on him, like, it feels like, on my version anyway, the front of it, like, is pushing his chin up a bit. Yeah, I can see that a little, definitely. It's, it's like floating around his neck. And of course, the trade-off here is since we get this cape instead of the original cape, we don't get that cool little necklace with the shrunken skulls on it this time, because that was part of the cape from that first version. Yeah, but we still get the skulls on the side belt there. Yep, that belt is the same with the big strands coming off. Then I want to say that his his wrist gauntlets are a little bit more of a coppery color this time around, where last time they were goldish. And then his staff with the demon heads coming off is now cast in a blue translucent rather mm. than a green. Yeah. Yeah, definitely repaint there. But the cape's the new piece. I like having the un-skull paint face. Does the cape make your brother voodoo head pop off a lot? <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> um, It hadn't been, but now I took his head off, so I wonder if I've made it loose now. No, 
I think my head is pretty well attached. Hmm. The cape isn't the cape isn't resisting that much. All right, if you find me another brother voodoo, grab him because I think I got a defective neck. Because the head won't stay on. Yeah. Oh. That's a bummer. He won't be hard to find. No, no, I've been seeing him. Yeah, I've seen these almost everywhere I've gone. So. And he comes with Dormammu's left arm. All right, now I feel like we're we're on to a figure that I'm not quite sure since I haven't seen the movie yet. If this is supposed to be a Marvel figure or potentially like some old Knights of the Old Republic Jedi figure. But this one could be standing with my Star Wars figures and nobody would know the difference, I think. (laughs) Having seen the trailers and things, I knew what I was getting, but damn it, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like one of the non-player characters in the Old Republic that you walk up to and get a mission from. He's a Jedi librarian. <laughs> Damn it. No, I'm only going to see that. <laughs> hey, here, I love this figure. We're talking about the movie version of Carl Mordo. I never knew his first name was Carl. I always called him by the more formal Baron Mordo. Well, it sounds so pedestrian, right? Yeah, I guess he changed it to Carl for that hamburger chain he's well, <laughs> yeah not too many guys named carl are badasses so maybe maybe taking on a baron was probably for the best way to go justin now you have alienated the two people named carl to listen to our show <laughs> what way about to... carl marks he's dead he's not listening to our show that's with a k so is this is it yeah he's carl with a k Oh, that take it all back. Carl with a K is a tough name. Well, other than his awesome Jedi robes and a character we won't know much about for another week, this figure impressed the hell out of me when they showed it off at San Diego Comic-Con at the Hasbro breakfast, and then they put it in the case. I really think that the face likeness has a strong resemblance to the actor playing Mordo. Definitely. There's there's a good sculpt there. What I'm really digging here is this is a... 100% new sculpt. I mean, obviously we have to get a a portrait of the actor, so that's a new head sculpt. But I'm looking down here. This is all accurate to his movie outfit here. So no reused parts as far as I can tell, not even in the boots or legs. There could be some reused legs here. These legs are pretty generic. The boots are pretty generic-ish. I could see the legs and boots being reused at some point in the future. Whereas this cloak... The torso, the arms, and the head. This was a one-time movie sculpt, I feel. I don't see where they'd be able to reuse that logically. No, yeah, this is going to be one of those, like you said, unique figures for this figure. So that's that's pretty awesome. And there's a lot of good detail here. I mean, if you flip them around and look at the back, they've got, you know, different tabards coming down his back and going under a braided belt. It's a little plain on the paint department on the back, but it's still a good sculpt there. He doesn't have the most exciting outfit at all. So I don't think any of it's going to be too exciting. It's very rote. I am happy to get this character. The facial expression's great. He's like scowling and they put the wrinkles by the eyebrows. I mean, I'm real happy we got this figure at this time because if he's really badass in the movie and we didn't get him, there's no future chances. Maybe when Doctor Strange 2 rolls around. You're right. Yeah, so... No, I think this is a well-done figure. I'm having a little trouble getting overly excited until I see the movie, though. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm falling on it, too. I'm happy to have a movie-based figure, and it's well done. That's as far as I can take it right now until we see the movie. And he comes with a stick. (laughs) It's 
a staff. A bow staff, if I want to get all technical, but... Uh, I love accessories like this, because I sit there and I think about the guy who spent his afternoon making this stick. Like, that was somebody's job one day. It's like, all right, what are we going to do? All right, we need a stick for this guy. Can you can you sculpt that up for us? It honestly feels like they didn't sculpt anything. This looks like they just took some plenum wire and said, here, mold this and cut it into lengths of this length. I mean, the cut isn't even tapered. It's like a pipe rod or something. Yeah, very possibly. I mean, I'm looking... There's lines in there as if it's almost supposed to be wood. There are lines in there, but is it markedly different from a textured cable? Not necessarily, no. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's a fancy twist eye. <laughs> My stick is bent. Is your stick bent? Yeah, it's not perfectly straight. It lilts a little to the left. I guess we can take their advice and try putting it in a cup of hot water and see if it straightens up. Now, he's loaded with Dormammu parts in that we get Dormammu's right leg, but we also get the flaming skulls that Dormammu likes to hold. Oh, those are pretty. And these skulls, when I saw them at New York Comic Con, has added to my shopping list because at the Hasbro party... They put out some black lights. These things freaking glow. Nice. <laughs> and so do Doctor Strange's little magic effects. This wave specifically has some cool black light stuff happening. That's because there's some good translucence going on here. Marjorie, I think we're going to have to go to Spencer Gifts this week. No, I think we're going to have to go to Penny Lane this weekend and get me a black light for the photo studio. Yeah, I was afraid of that. I, but I'm okay with that. These are really, really, really cool. I liked them at the party. I mean, it was really just like they popped. And you can actually see a hell of a lot more detail when they're under the black light, too. But no, these are awesome. They should do more stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, we're obviously we're not getting to review... Dormammu just yet, but these are a repaint or recasting of the accessory that came with the previous version. Which a listener informed us was the 2012 Legends Ghost Rider head. If you can't see the skull and being Halloween, it's like the skull's just having a bad hair day. So <laughs> the way the flames are coming off of it in this one. It's really like the skull. Marjorie dyed her hair blue recently. It's like the skull wanted to be like Marjorie. Yeah. And then just decided Aquanet all the way. <laughs> I just like that there's more contrast here. That first time around, it was like pink skulls and purple flames, and it just wasn't enough contrast. But here you get a green skull with a nice blue flame, and it it really gives a nice pop there. Now, figure five is what I consider the premier figure of this wave. It's the figure I'm most excited for. It's the figure that I'm surprised they're only shipping one per case. It is time for our Benedict Cumberbatch I can really tell it's him this time, Doctor Strange. <laughs> you can really tell it's him. Oh, God, the <laughs> likeness on this is odd and uncomfortable, isn't it? I think it's really well Yeah, done. but it's uncomfortable. It looks so much like him. Young him, like like he did in Starter for 10, but... Yes, he's going to pick on Professor X. Yes, he is. That's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, they got a good likeness here. I mean, it's, it's Cumberbatchy. It's also a little Gary Sinise, I think. In different angles. But mostly it's it does look like Benedict Cumberbatch. So they did a good job there. His cape is certainly more user-friendly than the comic-based one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that this figure captures Benedict Cumberbatch's piercing blue eyes and intense gaze. Are and... you in love with him? No. Okay. I can say he has piercing blue eyes. And, and... an intense gaze. Yeah. Mm. Would you not agree, Justin? Yeah. 
He's got, definitely got an intense gaze for sure. I don't know how piercing blue mine are. Seeing this figure in person, he's actually less colorful than I thought he'd be from the back of the box. The blues are rather muted on him. I think this is how he's going to get away walking through the streets of Manhattan is it's not like really bright blue. True. He's a denim cowboy here. Hmm. But the sculpting in this robe, not only are there wrinkles, but there's texture that is wrinkled. Oh, yeah. Look at that. And if you look under like the greenish tabards, you can see like his puffy shirt. Oh, yeah. But I don't want to be a pirate. (laughs) (laughs) There is just so much detail in here, Arnie. You pointed out, you know, the, the fabric and everything. But look at the straps. Like, these straps actually look like they're braided leather in parts. He is strapping. (laughs) Now, here's a point of articulation that I don't know if I noticed on the translucent one, but it's there. Instead of an ab crunch, he actually has, like, a swivel, like, a ball-hinged waist almost. Baron Mordo had that as well. I was noticing he was kind of wiggly in the hips. Ah, get a little bit of range of motion. Now, they're not a ton, but he can move back and forth a little bit and side to side. And not only that, but... Seeing it fully painted, I really appreciate the Eye of Agamotto sculpt now, because what was painted white I see here is like the texturing at the bottom where there's like small cord wrapped around the entire necklace area. And the sculpt of the Eye of Agamotto shows off that detail so much more painted than it did Milky. It's an optical illusion, I know, but the hair looks exceptionally taller on the purple Milky one. Yeah, his forehead seems to be bigger there. Yeah, and it has to be an optical illusion because they'd be foolish to not use the same figure, right? Yeah, it's the exact same sculpt. It's, it is an optical illusion. And also realizing that his goatee is merely painted on and not sculpted. Yep, I just got to that part actually. <laughs> I was like, well, that looks a little strange. <laughs> it's rare we get to do this. I can't think of another time we've been able to do this. Yeah, get a repaint of the exact same figure in the same wave. That that just doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, and to be able to see, like you like you like you discovered, the goatee is actually painted on versus molded on. So it's very unusual when we get to see the details like this. But everything else, it's almost like that first one was like a uh, prototype first shot. Yeah, that we got our hands on before the the wave came out. Yeah, I wish they could make the eye of Agamotto better. Because it just kind of like flops around and looks like a lasso on his neck. It doesn't want to lay like it should, like in all its pendant glory. It's worse on the translucent one because the cape keeps it in place on the main one. Well, the cape keeps eating it on the main one. It keeps sliding up under his shoulder there. Let's talk about this cape. There's some cool details going on here. You know, it's got a lot of texture and lines. It's very cool what they've done with it. And a really interesting fold that I've never seen him do with a cape before. This really dramatic one, if you're looking at it from the back to the left, that's pretty neat where it like actually folds into itself and comes back out. Yeah, and it's molded that way. And if you look inside, it's actually like sealed. Yeah. It is interesting. They have not done that. It amazes me the number of ways that Hasbro was able to make capes. I'd like to see the process. I wonder if they have like just a like a moldable plastic that they can just kind of set on a figure and then kind of get it in shape and then it slowly hardens. Yeah, and it's just, there's so many different ways. I mean, sometimes they do the soft goods, sometimes they do the really soft plastic, sometimes it's a hard plastic. So yeah, it, it would be interesting to find out how they do that. All right, so what, what does Benedict come with here for accessories? He comes with 
arthritic hands. <laughs> <laughs> and I really mean that. They're little veiny and they're kind of drawn up. I realize they're supposed to be spell casting hands, but it really looks like I need to see my doctor about some Aleve hands. Yeah, it does. It does look like the before photo when a arthritic ad. <laughs> but those are the only hands that the translucent one comes with. True. And they don't look as arthritic there, but for some reason here, they just look gnarled. Yeah, the skin tone doesn't help there. His left hand that's not being arthritic looks like he's trying to flick a booger. That's an odd pose there that he has. It looks like almost ready to hold a weapon with a trigger finger, but unnaturally so. Like he's or almost like he's saying, oh, you were this close. You were this close. I see that, but I also see it as like, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Maybe he's going to force choke <laughs> some people in the movie. Yep, crushing heads. That's what I say. It looks like he's crushing heads. <laughs> I block your crush. <laughs> I squeeze your head. Run away! Run away! <laughs> and the final accessory is, I can't wait to see the movie, but no toy in my mind is getting this right. Not even hot toys. <laughs> this giant disc of magic. It looks like a pancake. It... <laughs> Like the flaming pancake. It looks like the symbol that would be hanging on the door of a Chinese restaurant. Yes. <laughs> With the little flames coming off of it and everything. Yeah. And and this piece actually comes out of the wishing well where good kids can pick out a free toy after dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw in the movie where they do some like CGI and it really kind of looks almost like Iron Man's heads up display, only yellow and floating in front of him. And it's some kind of magic. Maybe it's a shield. And that's why he's holding it with this little L shaped, like Captain America peg. Yeah, that's so weird. But man, again, it looks like he's about to be your waiter too. You just put it up by his side, put a few little cups on it. (laughs) (laughs) Can I bring you your check, sir? You know, I I think that there's just not much they can do with that is the problem. It's a great visual effect, likely, that just you can't make into something plastic. It's too thin is, I think, my problem with it. Whereas in the movie, it probably is, you know, one millimeter floating in the air. But here it's strange. (laughs) Maybe that's the point. It's Doctor Strange. (laughs) If you hold up to the light, you can see around the outer ring, there's a lot of, like magic spell, some sort of ancient language written around the edge. Yeah, I noticed that. And that that's a nice touch. It's highly detailed. I <laughs> they've really gone to town sculpting this thing that I just don't see a cool way to pose him with it. Yeah. It, it looks it's always gonna look like he's holding out a translucent Cap America Chinese symbol shield. But the raggedy edges is what makes me think it's a pancake. You know how when you pour the pancake batter in and it kind of gets scraggly on the edges? Yep. This is an overflow. You know what is reminding me of more that pancake is a pizzelli? And you know how they yes. have the little bit of dough that goes off the edges? Because they're kind of snowflake shaped. Uh-huh. <laughs> Still, it's a kick-ass figure. I just... I would love our listeners to send in photos of their figure holding this and looking cool, because I'd like to see how to do that. I think the trick just might be to forget that he's holding it, just pretend that it's floating in front of him. Yeah, which would be better if I didn't have to have his hand right behind the center of it. Right. Yeah, they should have almost made it so his hands were out and touching it with all of his fingers spread. Yeah, they're doing that cool Captain America throwing shield effect. They could have extended it, like attached to the top of his wrist and stuck it out an inch 
or a quarter inch. Or even connected it directly to his fingertips, I think. Yeah. Like, like he's interacting with it. And he comes with what part of Dormammu? Left leg. Got your left leg in. And now our next two figures, six and seven, are the Mystic Rivals. Ooh. Their sports teams have been competing for just way too long. (laughs) Our first one, number six. I thought they'd never make her. Then they made her twice in a row. Enchantress. (laughs) We just reviewed her. Yeah, and to be honest with you, there is not a lot of difference going on here. Slight repaint, and that's about it. I mean, her belt is gold this time around rather than a metallic green. They may have used a duller metallic green on her legs. Her hair is a slightly more yellow blonde, and her magic effects are more of a snot green. I thought they were key lime. Key lime? Mm -hmm. All right, I'll give you that. It is key lime. Kind of limey. Although with the gold belt now, she looks like a cocktail waitress in Vegas. (laughs) You see it, Arnie. Come on. I'll tell you, though, this is a reuse of some Scarlet Witch parts. I also think it might be a reuse of some Scarlet Witch art because I was photographing the packaging for this figure. And when I got to the side, I went, oh, the other figure that's this mystic rival is Scarlet Witch. Oh, wait, no, that's Enchantress art in tinted (laughs) yellow. Oh, boy. (laughs) I mean, I like the figure. And I think I like the metallic green paint on the arms and legs here a little better than the Comic-Con one. Yeah, and to be honest with you, like, neither one of these is better, so much better than the other that I feel like I have to have both of them. This one might be a little too soon. and Maybe maybe listeners can let us know. I mean, did enough of you miss out on the raft that this is a, a welcome addition to a line so quickly after it had been just an exclusive? I'm going to go out and say yes, it is, because honestly, I think one of the complaints that we've had for years is Comic-Con exclusives are so hard to get and they go for so much money that they've made them slightly special for completists like us. But if you just want your characters and you're a loose collector and you don't want every Mega Tour, Mega T, Mega 2, then you're going to save a lot of money. I I can see that. And... My little grousing about this and Abomination coming so soon, I need to check myself and realize that's a let them eat cake kind of comment. (laughs) But this just came out in an exclusive that most people have to pay $300 for. Why should it come out again? I need to stop. I need to stop. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess that's not where my question comes from. My question comes from choice of character. Like, are there enough people chomping at the bit for Enchantress? that this was that great of an idea so quickly after it was just offered. It makes sense, though. I mean, same production run, slight paint variation, cheaper for them to do. And again, a lot less FOMO for people who can't get that Comic-Con set. They're able to just a few weeks later get this. I mean, look what they're doing with Star Wars Black Series figures at San Diego Comic-Con. Same exact figure, special box. I wouldn't mind if that's what Legends did. Yeah, true. And... She comes with Dormammu's torso. Yes, unlike most of the Build-A-Figures, this isn't the torso and crotch. Another figure's going to come with Dormammu's crotch. Oh my god. (laughs) Dormammu's crotch is my new punk band. (laughs) But yes, now we can put together the top half of Dormammu where he's just like cut right off and we get to see ab articulation. Or actually, I think this is more like pec articulation because... It's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now you're going to find out what I found out, which is you're going to have to probably pop this guy apart once we get to. Did you put the legs on already? You haven't put the legs on yet because we haven't got to his crotch. His crotch yet. And you're, what you're going to want to do is take the skirt off and put the legs on and then put the skirt back on and then pop his torso on. Oh my God. Well, that crotch piece comes with the other mystic rival. A Bratz doll. Now it's Nicki Minaj. No, Nico Minoru. This girl shops at Hot Topic. Yes. Well, she's got the striped leggings. And the the ballerina miniskirt. Yeah, and I have boots like this, actually. They're Doc Martens. The boots are pretty tight. The next character I'm not familiar with. She appeared in Runaways number one in July 2003. Nico Minoru. I'm just not that familiar with her, her story, her character. But I can say this figure is awesome because it's so totally different than any other. And I've always wanted a Winona Ryder Beetlejuice figure. (laughs) (laughs) It does look like her. Good call. (laughs) I mean, the stripes and everything. (laughs) Yeah, I think lack of familiarity with this character might be hurting it a little bit because I do see her on the shelf quite a bit. And my initial thought when I saw this was like, this is going to be a hot figure. It's a female character that we haven't seen before. She's totally unique. A lot of new sculpting here. I mean, she's a petite little figure compared to even some of the smaller spider women figures that we've seen. And for the most part, I'm guessing an all new sculpt for this size of a figure. Yeah, they talked about doing these intermediate bodies like they did with the Ultimate Spider-Man, both Peter Parker and Miles Morales versions. I think now we're seeing that on the female side, and that's really cool. Yeah, this is, you know, now we have a teenage female version for that, but... I don't know how much of this is even reusable. I mean, her her regular arms, I guess, are pretty standard and you could paint over and her thighs. But that body is a sculpted. Is this a bodice, Marjorie? No, that would be a bustier. It looks like she's wearing a bustier over a mesh shirt and then some elbow link gloves. And see, that's that that's all sculpted on there. So that's going to be unique to her. But then you get to her arms and there's some pretty darn intricate doily style. Doily style. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what a doily is? Yeah, it is. The lace, lace. on her sh- sleeve. Yeah. It's a scalloped edged lace. Or a doily. A doily. We'll just call or it a doily. doily. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. If you wanted to look at complete reuse, you've got, well, maybe not even the lower torso because it's like ribbed to match her outfit. So I guess all you'd have is basically thighs and down to mid-shin where there's the shin swivel and upper arms for reuse for a small female body. But Hasbro is such that they will reuse those parts if they can, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can see the customizer in me can see quite a bit of the parts to making an X-23 right here, especially these boots. I was thinking that, especially with what we talked about with Logan next year, I think a X-23 figure will be coming our way. And there could be some parts here they reuse. I like this figure a lot. The face on it with the red eyes, the kick-ass ponytail. I've looked at some art of her before the show, and I really like her original design and some of the cool effects she has. I think they've really captured that in this figure, and it does look punk and goth, and I love it. And I also love her accessory. I can't recall a figure ever really doing this 
where one of the accessories is actually you remove the arm and replace the entire arm for a translucent hand effect. That Ooh, goes like that's neat. Midway. That is cool. Although for some reason, her translucent forearm is much, much bigger than her regular forearm. <laughs> well, I think it's just more padded. It's almost like she's wearing some sort of device, if not a glove, that's making her arm do this. Ah, so that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, because that's that's all sculpted on there. There's some sort of gauntlet going on around her arm. And even that hand has some knobs right on each of her knuckles. Pretty neat. Yeah, I, I just love the fact that it came with a completely separate arm. And that fist of hers actually is blacklight reflective. It's a little bit more subtle than some of the other blacklight effects here, but it's pretty damn awesome. And then a nice staff that looks like it's got Ghostbusters 2 slime on it. <laughs> the mood slime? <laughs> yep. It's going to make the toaster dance. <laughs> I didn't want to mess around with it too much earlier, but yeah, that, that effect does come off. But I don't know how easy it is to get it back on properly, so I think I might have got it back in there. Yeah. <laughs> not, I'll try with a spare figure, maybe. Uh, I think it looks good the way it is. Yeah, cool little staff with the translucent purple slime magic cloud effect going on on it. She might be too dainty to actually hold this. I'm finding that it's too big with the slime on it for her wrist. Like, the wrist isn't strong enough and the hand keeps twisting. Yeah, you have to almost balance it. Uh-huh. No, all in all, I'm I'm really impressed with this figure, and it might be one of my my favorites up in this this wave. I'll agree. Here's what this figure has done. It's made me want to hit my Marvel Unlimited subscription and read up on the character, and that's the mark of a good figure, where I'm like, that figure's awesome, I want to know more. If we lived in Starship Troopers, when I said, do you want to know more, I'd click yes. <laughs> Agreed. And she does come with Dormammu's crotch and skirt. Well, our last figure, our number eight figure, the figure whose Netflix series I can't wait for, and the figure who had the best Comic-Con New York footage, Iron Fist. Of course, this is a comic version, not at all the Netflix version. Right. But how many times have we gotten a comic version of Iron Fist in Marvel Legends already? Oh my God, didn't we start with three and go on from there like they did white green? And <sighs> It seems like it's been a lot. And I can't tell if it's blending in with Marvel Puzzle Quest where I've got his character powered up or what's going on. <laughs> well, just, I mean, in the modern Marvel Legends, we've seen a white one recently. There was a green one at some point in this line. And I'm trying to remember if we got red in the modern. I don't think we did. So this might just be the third time. But geez, let's talk about all of Marvel for a while. Like he he showed up quite a few times in the Marvel Universe. Keep in mind, we got two different white ones, though. We got the white one in this Infinite Series packaging. We also got the white one way back when he was uh, in the Hitmonkey wave. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, so they've done this to, to death. I mean, even back in the Toy Biz days, we got a couple different versions of Iron Fist. So he's he's constantly being done. But this time, he's on a new buck. So that's what's going to interest people here. He's on a, a more accurate slider build buck here. Probably one of the Spider-Man builds, I'm guessing, with these double hinged shoulders. I think you're right. I think this is a Spider-Man buck with that. For a moment, I thought like the arms felt too big, too muscular, but I'm... I'm fooled by the recent tiny Spider-Man we just got. <laughs> well, keep in mind, too, as we saw with the Doctor Strange's 
different paint can create an optical illusion. And with the Spider-Man buck, though, you get extreme posability for this martial artist. Definitely. He should be able to move as much as a Spider-Man figure can move. And a Spider-Man figure should still be able to move more than he does. Until you can get me a good wall crawl crouch, it's not right. (laughs) But this figure, I mean, good paint job on the dragon on his chest. I like the head with his Dread Pirate Robert scarf. (laughs) Maybe him and Daredevil can like meet up and discuss scarf tying. I'm sure they will. Yeah, they will. But... Much like Nico before him, Hasbro is just killing me with their new ways of doing accessories in that out of the box, he comes with like translucent-ish hands. Like there's a tiny skeletal hand underneath a translucent overhand. That's, that couldn't have been cheap to do. And it's awesome. Yeah. At first, I thought, you know, before I pulled that hand off, I thought it was just the peg inside of there for some reason. But no, you look at it, that's a sculpted, like, skeletal hand, like you said, inside of the yellow translucence. I think it's really cool. It's a ship in a bottle kind of thing. I'm like, how did they get it in there? <laughs> it's likely that they have a base and maybe they just dip it? Or no, it's it. way too sculpted an overfist to hmm. be dipped. It's got a thumb. It's really cool, though. It is, but it's they've, they've done stuff like this in the past to a degree. We've seen Darth Vader with a translucent mask and a skull underneath. Yeah, but to have it on two hands, just like that, that's cool. It's cool looking as it is. Then he comes with the flame balls that fit over the fist and really take that to the next level. Oh, yeah. But in case you don't want Fire Fist... He comes with tough-looking, wrapped fists. In the past, we've talked very recently about that white iron fist and how many hands he came with, but they were all bare hands. These wrapped, kind of dirty hands tell me he's an actual fighter. They're much dirtier than the rest of his body. That's the only ding I can give him is if you want these, you should give him a little bit of a wash. (laughs) Yeah, these, these hands, while they're awesome and very well sculpted, feel almost as if they come from someplace else. They almost feel like a NECA figure that might go with like a a, a Street Fighter 2 figure. But they are awesome. I, I'll agree. I picked up a Sons of Anarchy figure to get some cigars for J. Jonah Jameson and Nick Fury. And these hands feel like they could have come from him. Definitely. But yeah, and the difference here is also with these don't just pop out at the wrist like other poppable hands. These go halfway up his arm. That's what you're changing out. So these aren't going to be interchangeable with anything else for the time being until they come out with another character with the same feature. But again, it's rare that we see Hasbro do something once. And what excites me about Nico and Iron Fist is if they're doing it here, they're going to do it more. Right. You're going to get a white Iron Fist and a red Iron Fist. (laughs) Enough Iron Fisting. (laughs) No, but for a figure that we've seen a ton of times over the years, I finally feel like this one is a much, much better version of what we've even seen just as little as a year and a half ago. I'll agree. You do not need to have any other Iron Fists. (laughs) Unless you're into all the colors. And he comes with Dormammu's shoulder pads. Or Gene Simmons' shoulder pads in a vacuum. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, this is kind of confusing. But I have a theory on how we got Dormammu. He appears to be the Ghost Rider and Galactus love child. Dresses nice. Like, doesn't he? I mean, he's got the flaming head. He's got the snazzy purple outfit. But 
He's also got some other features. He does have amazingly translucent skull flames. The flames between the Ghost Rider heads that he holds and his head, it's just all looking like hair metal hair to me. Yeah. Well, that's because we just watched Trick or Treat, but... This guy, this guy could lead up Guar for sure. Yes. Yeah, he needs some more chains, though. <laughs> I think they did a good job on the black face, too. I think it looks really awesome. It's it's not overdone. You, you buy it. Does that make sense? Now, how much does this one differ from last year's Comic-Con exclusive? Well, we talked about it a little bit up top. It's, it's a straight-up repaint. There's no new parts, no new sculpting. There's a slight difference in the yellow-orange they use to sculpt the head. So that's a nice difference there. Like I mentioned before, the forearms and hands are no longer translucent. They're all the same metallic-y purple that you see. But then we get an upgrade in the red area. Now it's a nice metallic-y shiny red from his abdomen down to his tabard. I thought that was new. It's awesome looking. And I would have remembered that on the old one. Oh, yeah. And then another slight upgrade, I think, is the inside of his collar, that black part with the spikes. That's now a glossy black, whereas before that was just kind of a, a matte paint app there. Yeah, small difference, but it adds a lot, to, especially around the fire. Yep, but other than that, it's it's close enough to the other figure that, you know, I would I would call it a slight improvement, actually, on a figure that they've already done. I tend to agree. I think it's cool to get him out in the main line in this Doctor Strange wave. And they've had a year to look at what they did before and say, hey, why don't we do this, that, and the other? And yeah, again, I think if you have the Eye of Agamotto set, you could just leave him in the package. I mean, you can take him out and put him back in in that set, but you wouldn't need to have that set with this one. It's a perfect replacement. And my only thing is, I know in the comics, his height changes time to time. He isn't all that much taller than Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange comes up to about his neck. Eh, maybe a little lower than his neck. Uh, his mid-chest. But it's yeah. bigger, and it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. It was interesting putting this figure together, because before he obviously wasn't a Build-A-Figure. He was just a figure in the pack. But like we spoke about a little bit earlier, there's it's almost, it's almost a puzzle to figure out how to do it properly. If you hadn't told me, I'd have spent forever trying to get those legs on under the skirt. <laughs> And to be honest with you, I didn't figure it out myself, but somebody watching on Facebook pointed out that that's probably the better way to go. And <laughs> if they weren't right, I I wouldn't know how to do it either. And that's the end of this wave. One more wave of released figures down. Oh, yeah. Getting close to being caught up. We have a Captain America wave with the what I'm excited to review is a movie version of Scarlet Witch coming up here pretty soon. And then just some exclusives and the 12-inch figures that we may have missed our window on because those are down to 50% off at Walmart. Oh, wow. Are they really starting to... Yeah, I had somebody tweet a picture to me of it. $25 for the Iron Man at Walmart. Should have played that game, huh? I didn't pay more than 40 for any of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, neither did I. I still have yet to pick up Spider-Man, but I have Iron Man and Cap here sitting on my desk and... I think, you know, if that if that Spider-Man goes down low enough, I'll pick it up. But I'm definitely looking forward to the release of Deadpool in that scale. That may save the line or never come out because the line died. <laughs> oh, it's coming out early next year. I asked Hasbro about that in the Q&A. Well, speaking of Iron Man and Hasbro, I did get one more toy this week. You did, and it's something. It is the Iron Man Roleplay Helmet. 
This thing is kind of cool. It, MSRP of 100 I got it for about 80 by watching sales. And it's hitting store shelves, you told me, right, Justin? Yeah, I've been seeing it on Target shelves. Like, that's the only place I've seen these these Hasbro upper scale helmets and props. I've seen the shield, cap shield, and this helmet sitting there on the shelf. So No, I saw the cap shield at a Toys R Us, and they had like 10 of them. Oh, nice. Yeah, we reviewed the cap shield, the plastic one, on a previous show. And this is very much on par with that in terms of feel. I mean, it feels like a large piece of plastic. It's bigger than I would expect. You know, it's it fits very large on my head. And it is I'm not sure if it's one to one scale. I got to wait for my FX collectibles Iron Man helmet to show up. But it makes me think this one's just from the back of the head to the tip of the chin a little bit longer. It does to me. It seems really big. When you put it on, it seems huge. Like you've got, you can't put it on over your headphones. No, I can't. Okay. It seems like you've just got this like big orange sitting on top of your shoulders. It's just something about the size is not right. Well, it's weird because we see Tony with his armor on and mask off, but we never see him with just his mask on and no armor. So that's automatically (laughs) going to look weird no matter what you do, unless you have a full set of armor. And that brings me to one of my big questions with this helmet. What do you do with it? Because I've been walking around the house with a mask on, but I don't have any armor. So I look kind of silly. So what do you do with this? My thinking is, hey, we're at Halloween and costumes are on sale and they have really cheap, crappy Iron Man masks. And this is the best Halloween mask you can put with a Ruby's costume. You have a really kick-ass mask, and then you just put on that that painted spandex (laughs) (laughs) armor. With with the muscles. (laughs) I mean, I'm just not sure what you do with it other than... Freaky times with your wife? I was just going to say put it on a desk or a table as a prop. It's $100. So to me, Justin, you're a father. You can tell me. But to me, that's a little expensive to give to an eight-year-old to go run around and play with his Nerf-firing wrist gauntlet Iron Man toys. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a toy so much as a a collectible, but at the same time, I feel like it might be splitting the difference between the two. And I'll tell you why I think that, is because last year I bought the Kylo Ren helmet from Star Wars. It seems to be in the same line, same basic price structure, you know, they're going for a pretty good movie likeness and, you know, some voice changer or some sort of electronic function to it. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> and I tell you what, that one felt like a good $80. I don't want to say prop replica, but it almost feels like a, a collectible because I'm not the type of guy, you know, I don't go out and buy like movie replicas for five, six, seven hundred dollars I've never had any of those helmets. So now I have the Kylo Ren and I bought the the Stormtrooper helmet that I think is a pretty darn good movie accurate looking Stormtrooper helmet. And I'm not going to keep them on a shelf like displayed like, ooh, look at this. But I will keep it on a coffee table. And if somebody comes over, I was like, yeah, pop that on. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a great thing to have in your game room or something like that. It's a touchable collectible. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a whole new line that we're going to see a lot more from. And I would like to clarify, I asked if kids should play with this. Hasbro just says on the box, adult. So this is not supposed to be played 
with by children. And yeah, you're right. It is kind of fun for that. But I just think the novelty factor will wear off. I don't know how many people you have coming over to your house for the first time every time since you got that Kylo Ren helmet that you say put this on to. But for me, after about four or five people, then it's going to go slow down to a trickle of, did you see the helmet? Okay, that's what happened with the Sphero BB-8 that we have is the first few people come over like, oh, you got that. And we trot it out and do a little back and forth with it, run it all over the house. But now that the Sphero BB-8's been out for like a year, it is merely a footnote in that time period. But beyond what do you do with it? Because I think, yeah, we've thrown it out there. You put it on a table, you put it on a shelf, you wear it around once in a while for fun. And you probably could do some cool, like, profile photos with it too or you know throw on a suit and you could take some fun goof photos with your kids or something they probably get a kick out of it but the paint job on this is phenomenal the color they chose of the red is magnificent it's a dark cherry red i think i'd call it and high high gloss not quite like lacquered like a motorcycle helmet but high metallic gloss like a fiberglass car the gold on the faceplate is not quite metallic enough it still looks plasticky compared to the true prop replicas but it's a good gold it's a nice looking gold nice and that faceplate is that magnetic does that just pop into place there it is there are some little terminals at the bottom so you peel it from the top And when you do that, that makes noise. And you can have the helmet on your head with no faceplate. It doesn't lift up like it does in the movie. It just pops off, but it is completely held by eight really strong magnets. See, I felt that when I was wearing it and taking the mask off, it didn't feel very fluid to do, like it was a chore to get off. So I don't think it's something where you get and you're going to wear it and then take off the mask in this big dramatic fashion. I find it hard to take the mask off or put it on when you're wearing the helmet, but it's really easy to do if you're not. Well, I'd also like to point out, as this is happening right now, this thing is noisy. And when you're wearing it, it is really loud when your head is inside that helmet. The speaker is at the chin, but it does seem to echo around. Oh my god, it's like torture. Could you just put it down now? No, not yet. Okay. I haven't figured out any rhyme or reason as to why it makes the sounds it makes. I think it has something to do with touching certain areas. It has an adjustable head strap inside, and the inside is completely molded to look high tech. You know, I'm not going to say it's prop replica, but it at least looks as good as, say, our helicarrier or something, you know, with the textures and the lines. Sure, they, they gave it some sculpting. As opposed to, you know, the Stormtrooper helmet I picked up is just plain white plastic on the inside. Yeah, this is to look high tech. But it does have these electronic sounds. It takes three AAA batteries you put in the chin. I was surprised it doesn't have any kind of voice modulator like you mentioned with the Kylo Ren helmet. Yeah, that was kind of a disappointment, I thought, when you put it on. Instead, I got you walking in with the Iron Man helmet in your regular voice. Echoey because I'm wearing a plastic yes. helmet. But it does have a microphone to project your voice somewhat? No. Mm-mm. No, there's no microphone whatsoever? No. Oh, weird. Yeah. Huh. Well, this one, I would say, has more features than the Kylo Ren or the Stormtrooper helmet, which both have voice modulation on them. Because this has light-up features and sound effects. The light-up eyes are the amazing thing about this. I couldn't believe it, but it actually has 
some lights in this removable, just magnetic helmet. There are some lights there, LEDs, and it, you can put a, there's three different levels of brightness. There's really bright, a little dimmer, totally dim, and off. The problem is you can't see a thing with those lights on. Like you might as well <laughs> literally be blind. I need what, a white cane if I'm walking around with these lights on. <laughs> Even in their dimmest setting, I'm still bumping into walls. Yeah, it's I, pretty unsafe. Mr. Magoo looks at you and says, wow, you can't see. Oh, man. It's great, again, on a table. You light them up, they make the sound, they glow, they look really cool. And again, profile photo, standing in the dark, something like that. If you're not going to move much further than to throw some candy at some children on Halloween night... That's great, but I wouldn't suggest doing what I did and walk around an open staircase, because that was almost bad. <laughs> yeah, probably not the greatest idea. <laughs> I decided to surprise Marjorie at the top of the stairs, and oh boy. That was not a good idea. <laughs> the other thing is, I turned the lights off. I'm like, okay, well, she saw the glowy eyes, I'll turn it off. But every so often, I'll make a motion, and it decides to play some sounds, and every time it plays sounds, it's like, oh, you want full bright on my eyes again. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need to see or hear. That's just Jarvis trying to help you out. So I like this helmet quite a bit. This entire Hasbro line, I have yet to see what niche it fills, where it's less than a prop replica, but more than a toy. But it's cool. The price is right. And this is going to make it onto the Marvelicious Holiday Gift Guide. Yeah, I think we're having a hard time defining what it's great for, but it it's definitely filling or creating a new niche because I can see, you know, even one of my kids having friends over and seeing a cool thing to their mind looks completely movie accurate, right? Mm -hmm. Like these kids probably never seen a high end replica in person. So they're going to look at that and say, that's really cool. Touch it and play with it a little bit. Realize that there's some playability there. And next thing you know, you got kids that think that's the coolest damn thing and maybe even start saving up money because it's only $80, $90. And that's doable to to a, an 11-year-old, 12-year-old. I agree. And again, listeners, let us know. This is an adult item, so kids too young should not save up for it. <laughs> because truthfully, even me at 16 probably shouldn't have this because I'll be like, I can drive a car with it. <laughs> and I think that's exactly why they're saying not for kids because I think yeah. it's not dangerous for kids to wear it. They just don't want kids riding their bikes out in the street wearing these things. I totally would have. <laughs> I think I probably would have too. <laughs> But Kylo Ren and myself off a ramp. Now, Arnie, would you like to see them continue that line? Maybe even do some other versions of the Iron Man helmet? Like, this one's kind of a nondescript. This could be the Mark Three in that area. Three, Maybe four, six, seven, seven you know? 42, 35, hut, hut, hike. I mean, would you like to see one with a little more detail in it? Like, if they came out with a, you know, maybe even like an Iron Patriot with like that little details carved in and stuff. I think that might be kind of cool. You hit me where I live. Cause I'm like, no, I don't want another Iron Man helmet. No, I don't want another Iron Man helmet. Ooh, if they made the Iron Patriot as an exclusive, I'm in. Yeah. See, <laughs> this is a problem with you. I think that they need to meter it out. It's kind of like the FX Sabres. When they started coming out with the FX Sabres under Master Replicas, I bought the first dozen or two. And then when they just kept coming out with slight tweaks, I was like, okay, these are really expensive. There's only so much space. And I had my thrills. 
I'd like to see them continue the line in different ways. I wouldn't like to see them just jump right into the entire house party protocol of helmets or even three. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. But if they did like an Iron Patriot or Mark One would be totally different and kind of cool. If they did very, very different, it might be interesting. But we're going to keep reviewing the line. There's one other prop coming out that we know of in this line. It's $300. Mm. It is the 75th anniversary Captain America shield. As compared to the one we reviewed that was the $100 plastic shield, this one is heavy metal. Yes, it is. And because I have to own all the shields. This is actually going to be your sixth life-sized shield, I believe. I don't know. I don't count. You know, you, I don't like have the rules like you do. You've got two FX ones, one signed, one not. Yep. Then you've got the King, King Arts. Arts. Then you've got the Cat Toys. Cat Toys. And then you've got the plastic Marvel Legends. And now arrived today came the metal Marvel Legends. So you have six full-sized cap shields that are bugging Brian Ono at FX when he's going to get the Winter Soldier one out to you. Yeah, well, that kind of hurts when you put it like that. <laughs> it's not like I have some sort of problem or something. Yeah, I have no room to talk. But no, you don't. I am a little worried. We will review this next show. But I saw this for the first time when we were in New York for New York Comic Con. We went to the Think Geek store and they had it on a shelf next to the plastic one. But man, was it scratched up. And then I came home from work yesterday and Marjorie's like trying to explain to me there's a box on the step that was a toy box that had a shipping label slept on it. It was open at the top and bottom. So basically what they did is they shipped it in the shelf box instead of the carton box. Oh, bummer. And the tape had come off on the top and the bottom. And it also had been punctured because it's not a shipping weight cardboard that is the shelf box. And it got punctured somehow and scratched to hell. So yeah, it was scratched up. My fear is already they scratch easily. But Amazon next day aired me a replacement. This one came in the shipping carton and it is here. And on our next episode, I'll break it open and compare it to Marjorie's five other shields. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's the one where I kind of question what they're doing because that's that's a niche that's already been filled. So that might be a bridge too far for Hasbro when it comes to high-end replicas. Well, I couldn't resist. I ordered it at Comic-Con when we thought it was an Amazon exclusive, and Hasbro was, and others were saying, hey, it's going to sell out real fast. If you don't get your order in, you're not going to get it. Well, you can certainly get it, and it is not exclusive to anywhere. But is it worth $300? We'll find out. Speaking of $300, maybe by our next episode, we'll have a, a Hot Toys Deadpool in our hands. I got a... Prepare your account for final flex pay <laughs> on that bad boy. So that should be shipping out pretty soon, too. Uh, the boat's in. I wonder what else is coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mine is in the mail. I got tracking two days ago. So it's going to be here f tomorrow. Oh. Like show tomorrow? Like release of the show tomorrow? Or like literally Like the day after tomorrow? we're recording. By the time the show goes out, I will have had it for five days. Wow. Man, mine's not even taken out till Monday. I, I think I'm a VIP at this point with side. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are the VIP. All that and more on the next Marvelicious Toys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. 
There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel toys, talk and trade toys in the Marvelicious forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is a fan-run show that relies on listener support to keep the show going. You can pledge to our Podbean fundraising campaign by going to MarveliciousToys.com support. Backers get rewards including exclusive video content, early show releases, and more. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star written review on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at MarveliciousToys.com. We want your feedback on Marvelicious Toys. You can email us at show at MarveliciousToys.com or post your thoughts in our forums. You can also find Marvelicious Toys on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds as well as product reviews by emailing an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. All content received is subject for use on the show. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at SWActionNews.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Artie Carvalho. Video editing by Barrett, Andrew, and Daryl. Website design by Jason. Graphic design by Justin. Photo editing by Jeff, Scott, and Curtis. Announcements by Brock. Segments created by Jerry and Jeff. If you want to hear reviews of every movie ever based on Marvel Comics, check out those reviews and hundreds more on the Now Playing Podcast at nowplayingpodcast.com. Marvel Comics and all of the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2016, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. In a couple places, I don't know about my fancy, but yeah, I was I was giggling a bit. The cockles of your heart, or the, <laughs> the subcocular region, <laughs> maybe even in the colon. Oh, I'm out again. We're not quite sure. <laughs> I am just done. don't know. <laughs> if you guys want me to leave, I will. We're quoting Dennis Leary. Oh, okay. That's the start of his song. Oh, see, girl didn't like Dennis Leary. Girls weren't really big on him. Everybody, A S S H O L E. Everybody. I know the song. Yes. So what you're saying is you didn't need us to scream it in your ears. I didn't, no. But thanks. You guys are so thoughtful. Some movement out of the double-hinged knees, even though there is the hard plastic or soft plastic cloak around it or skirt. What would you call it? Yeah. I'm just going to call it a skirt. Say it. It's an underrobe. Just underrobe. (laughs) The difference is here. He has the orange magic blossoms. And a cape that can be taken off.
<laughs> Wait, did you say magic blossoms? I said magic blossoms. What were the magic blossoms? Do I have magic blossoms? Um, I don't think we should call those magic blossoms. <laughs> I'll go with it. I'll allow it. <laughs> oh, yes, we've had Iron Fist. <laughs> Is Iron Fisting too bad a title for this? Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for diversity. I can't imagine a better Heimdall than Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, I was, I'm was i catching up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s episodes, and I finally got to the second one with Sif in it. And at the very end, she's like, Heimdall, open the Bifrost. And I'm like, yeah, Idris Elba ain't even calling the people on the set of this show. He's too big. <laughs> <laughs> Better chance of Hemsworth stopping by. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. That's true. He gets bored and just makes videos. <laughs> yes. Yes. Is the shirt magical? I don't know. Okay. I'm, I have a lot of questions about Dr. Strange. Again, we'll find them all out Thursday. All your questions will be answered. And if they're not? Then we'll watch the TV movie that's coming out on DVD together. No. <laughs> I was just thinking, it's all in the hips. It's all in the hips. In the golf and the, movie. Oh, man. <laughs> was that Caddyshack 2? I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> just a tiny tap. Yeah, it's uh, Happy Gilmore. That's what it is, Happy Gilmore. Well, you said Caddyshack. I'm like, oh, maybe Happy Gilmore is ripping off Caddyshack. But it's Happy Gilmore. Yeah, it's, Happy Gilmore. Uh, it's Carl Weathers. Yeah. <laughs> Without his hand. Yes. Chubbs. That damn gator took it. <laughs> I used to drive around with a Freddy glove in high school to drive my stick shift. So, I, yeah. I'm sorry, high school? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Obviously, you never listened to my Freddy's Dead, the Final Nightmare review at nowplayingpodcast.com. Uh, I remember your sad little cosplay by yourself at the movie theater. <laughs> I was cosplay before it was cool. <laughs> and after. 